All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Garage podcast. I am your host, David, and this is the most inclusive and accessible nerd culture audio program on the interwebs. Joined with me today is uh, unfortunately not my wife. She is currently um, working on a puzzle and crafting. <laughs> so she's sitting this one out, but I do have uh, the incredible honor of a good friend of mine joining me today. Uh, DeAndre Courtney, dude, how the heck are you? Man, I'm I'm doing all right. I had a long day today, but um, outside of that, I am A-OK, man. Dude, that's that's good. Uh, um, I I'm so excited that we were finally able to to get this uh, to get this scheduled and uh, <laughs> and do it. I know we, the the scheduling. You know, it's you know we're all adults and Absolutely. and and we got we got lives and we got families and so it's it's always a moving target to try and you know we were wanting to do this in person. You know, because it would be like. Even though we have, we were talking about this before we hit record. We've been to like five different concerts, technically right. together. Technically. Uh, we were we were there <laughs> in the same room. We just didn't realize. <laughs> right, and it's so trippy how that happens because it's like, yeah. oh, on Facebook you're like, oh, hey, I was there. I was there too. Right, and <laughs> it's one of those funny double whammies where, like, one you realize that uh, someone. Uh, uh, on your your you know your Facebook friends list was at the same show that you were, and that said person has excellent taste in music, right? Um, so <laughs> yeah, um, but yes, we we were wanting to do this in person, but um, we we ended up you know in order to get it done on time and released in time for uh, for it to still be topical for Black History Month we yep. decided to to opt for the remote style so remote um, it is yeah it uh, it works in this uh day and age of uh, technological achievements there are multiple platforms to to, to do this in so um it's a it's a good time so sure. but yes thank you so much for joining us uh and i'm super excited you're here uh it's so I, I don't know how many people, uh, listeners, all seven of you, uh, th this is, uh, our very first black history month, uh, episode. And obviously it's, uh, you know, we got a, a geeky nerdy spin to put on it and I'm just, I'm super stoked because the, the stars never really aligned in the past. Um, and this is our sixth year of doing the show. And I'm like, it's high time that like the stars finally friggin' align for us yes, to do one. Dude. Um, and you were on board, which I was so psyched about. Um, even though like we didn't even really hold like a, uh, uh, an in-person or over the phone conversation. We didn't even really know <laughs> what each yeah. other sounded like, but you were still on board. <laughs> so, uh, that's why you're the man. So, yeah, um, I just appreciate the opportunity, bro. Of course. Uh, so yeah, uh, we are, um, so just a preface on, um, I was calling it like preface of what's the point of this episode. Like you really need a point to celebrate black history, but like I said, we've never done one. I've always wanted to do one. Just the stars never aligns. Um, you know, and to obviously get the perspective of someone of color that, uh, actually grew up with nerd and geek and pop culture, 
the impact that uh, said culture had on the person and uh, to probably the biggest thing to break down the importance of representation on screen and in media, just in general of people of color, especially um, African-Americans. So uh, yeah, with, with all that said, uh, Deandre, you ready to jump into this thing? I'm ready to do it, man. Dude. Okay. So let's um, all, Finally, an opportunity for me to shut the hell up and <laughs> let you talk for a second. Um, so let's talk about the the circumstances of um, you first being introduced to and becoming interested in uh, geek and nerd culture. So do you remember around the age uh, you were that you first started kind of getting into, you know, some some nerdy stuff? Yeah, man. Actually, um, I think I was about five or six. So um, what really brought me into it is uh, Sega Genesis was very popular at that time. Yeah. And uh, my dad, he was a big gamer back then. Okay. So um, he introduced me to Sonic. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, um, buddy. I would spend hours on Sonic, just just trying to get past the levels. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it, it Sonic is a super game, but it still had its own complications. You know what uh, I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after that, my dad is like super competitive. Mm-hmm. So he then introduced. Um, it was it was it was new. Um, my brother had just been born and Mortal Kombat just been released. So this was like 92. Mm-hmm. So um, being the competitive dude that my dad was, he was like, oh, let's hop on some Mortal Kombat because it was the first <laughs> two player game that we had that we can really do something with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that version of Mortal Kombat was probably the only one in history, like appropriate for kids because oh, it, yeah. was, it was like watered down. Like when you punched people or uppercutted people, like it was like water that spurted yes. out instead of blood. Right. Like, it wasn't until like later on where they like retroactively went back and like and added, added it. <laughs> yeah. Like all, all the gross shit that people yes. wanted to see. So yeah. man. So like, that's really where it started for me. Like uh, Mortal combat had then transferred into um watching uh anime wasn't really big then but like i got into cartoons Mm -hmm. and so um from playing mortal Kombat, i will watch a lot of action inspired cartoons like um transformers and Mm -hmm. gi joe things like that yeah yeah that was me too i uh i so I think really the only anime that I was into um, when when I was a kid was Pokemon, a uh, mm. little bit of Digimon as well. But yes. yeah, like I was more of the, uh, I don't know, the the, the Americanized um, animation, like like Transformers and Ninja Turtles 100%. and stuff. So, yes, Ninja so, Turtles was huge. Yeah, so it seems like our uh, our childhoods were pretty parallel, <laughs> especially with those two things, like Kasonic and... Mortal Kombat were some of the first games that I picked up as well. Yeah. Uh, and I remember like, I think it was Mortal Kombat two <clears throat> that I rented uh, from the video store, which is something that you could do back then. You could blockbuster was a thing. <laughs> it was and Hollywood video, Hollywood and, video. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I remember 
loving that version because it was the only one where the controls were forgiving enough where you could do, I could actually do a finishing move. And the yes. only one I knew was sub zero, like, and, and like you could, I, I wasn't like slow, but I, I just, I wasn't fast enough to, to get it. But like, for some reason on, you know, uh, that, that version and with sub zero's finishing move, like I was the only one I could do. Yep. Uh, yep. I think the only one I accidentally would do from time to time would be Liu Kang. Okay. Um, and it was it was always by accident because I was always just a button masher. Or yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but something happens, and then boom, the finisher would happen. I'm like, oh my god, okay, cool. Yeah, I've definitely been there before. Like yeah, that's what me and my brother would do all the time. Like we, there was no internet back then, so oh. like there was no way to really trade uh, information in terms of you know, finishing moves. Like you basically just, uh, like you traded information at school and, uh, like subscribe to gamer magazines, but game shark, bro. (laughs) Yes. Game shark, dude. I, I, I don't think I, I had friends that had, uh, had a game shark, but I don't think I ever had one. Um, I remember going over to a friend's house and he was like, uh, he's like, I just got this game shark. And I was like, what is that? He's like, it gives you, everything <laughs> it did man it was wild just it unlocked everything in every game it yeah was like unheard of yeah it was it was the <laughs> wild west baby it was man that was yeah. those are some good times <laughs> dude yeah we we need a we need a game shark revival oh bro well kind of but like you kind of have that with the internet now i i guess <laughs> still like that would be a good band name game shark revival. Oh, yes oh bro and it's all chiptune music <laughs> mixed in with like hardcore like uh like breakdown beats and yes stuff. dude yeah it should be, be a thing it, it should be <laughs> I, I declare it i have spoken um uh okay so um do so i i guess uh i mean the next question was going to be what was the first piece of geek media that you got into or that kind of got you hooked but i guess we kind of already uh touched a little bit on that was, was there anything else um aside from the uh the early 90s uh animated uh shows and movies and mortal Kombat, sonic yeah, so um after so so um after Mortal Kombat and after the cartoons as I started to grow a little bit um I started to really get into anime. This was probably so like just to kind of give you a little background on me. I yes. I grew up as the I don't want to say like the non-typical black kid, but like I didn't play a lot of sports, right? Sure. So I didn't um play like basketball or football or anything like that but my brother did like he loved basketball and things like that so I found alternative ways um because none of that really fit with me so um I I started to skateboard Mm -hmm. so skateboarding was like a huge part of my life for the last like 20 years like it it really has taken up a lot of my time I used to be really good (laughs) (laughs) but um through that, um, I started to meet a lot of people because skateboarding is also a kind of like a niche, yeah, like community. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. So <laughs> when I when I started to meet new people through through that activity, that's when uh, I started to get introduced to other things like anime and music and things like that. 
Um, so about, I want to say I was about 10 or 11 when my cousin actually introduced me to skateboarding. Okay. Um, so he introduced me to skateboarding. I started to skateboard. I started to meet new friends. And then through those friends, I started to get into more heavily like nerdy things uh, like anime and uh, different kind of music and uh, different things in video games. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would say like that is really where the starting point of my blurtiness started. (laughs) Um, When when I was uh, about 10 or 11, I really started to pick it up um, and just kind of had like a deep dive into like, you know the the usual things like Naruto and okay. and um, a big uh, another big one for me was um, oh goodness it's been so long um, I watched Naruto obviously Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I'm not gonna lie I I was pretty heavy on um, some of the niche things like not Sailor Moon but like in this block I remember growing up there was a block. Um, of Sailor Moon and then an anime called Samurai Pizza Cats. Okay, that sounds familiar. Dude, it is pretty awesome. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Like, I think they have, it's so old that they just have like all the episodes on YouTube. Okay. Samurai Pizza Cats was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> I, I'm definitely a fan of the hilarious anime. Like, uh, I, I've... I've only seen a select few anime. Uh, like I said, I grew up with Pokemon and a little bit of Digimon. Um, and then in my adulthood, I've watched, you know, a couple episodes of a bunch of stuff like Attack on Titan and yeah. Sailor Moon. And I've seen a couple episodes of Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that show. There's just so much to it that you're, <laughs> it's overwhelming. Um, but I think One Punch Man has been my favorite so far. Yes, it's it's so good. Yeah, like, I mean, it's so incredibly accessible. Like, that that was, like, my my big trepidation with getting into anime is that there's just, there's so much of it out there, and if you ask people where to start, like, there's just a thousand recommendations that that you'll get. Um, Of course, you'll, you'll have, like, the greatest hits that come up, like, um, you know, like all those and Gundam and yeah, um, and Jojo and, you know, just oh, all, yeah. all the, all the regulars that, that you hear all the time, but then you'll get like the obscure ones that people are like, I know this is like, this is going to be weird, but it's also really cool. And I'm like, Dude, all yeah. right. One of that for me is um, uh, an anime called Darling in the Franks. Okay. Um, it's, it's a little risque, I'm not going to lie. Sure. But it's it, it was one of those things that somebody uh, recommended, and I was like, oh, there's actually a good storyline here? Okay. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Yeah, it's, you know, um, I uh, obviously I don't know uh, enough about anime to, to make this kind of blanket statement, but it's uh, sometimes you, you kind of have one or the other in, in animation and in movies where, like, if something is a little risque, like you trade that for a decent story and plot. Yeah. Um, it's, it can be few and far between every once in a while where, uh, you you get the best of both worlds. So that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, like it was so cool that you got into it with skateboarding. Like I found, like I, I tried skateboarding. I was much more of a, a rollerblader. Like I loved rollerblades. And even during the pandemic, since all you could do was, 
stuff outside yep. i went to dick sporting goods and bought myself a pair of roller blades nice dude um there you know there wasn't a selection it was like black and mm-hmm. that's it and i was like it's cool like i just i want a set yeah. and it was just like they say like riding a bike yes. I, 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 it just immediately brought me back to like when i was 13 years old and you know skating backwards and these kids in my neighborhood they're like look at him go <laughs> Like one, they had never seen a dude on rollerblades before, and two, they had never seen a dude on rollerblades going backwards. So you know, it's so wild, man, because it was so popular. Yeah, and then just all of a sudden, like it became like overnight, it became the lame, like extreme sports. Like, like really, (sighs) yeah, like regular skating was still okay. Um, uh, um, skateboarding. Obviously, it, it never goes out of style, but rollerblading for some reason just like like overnight, people were like, "Gay, yep, fruit <laughs> booter, like right." <laughs> and, and, yeah, and 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 therein lies like the '90s and early 2000s, where in a nutshell, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know exactly what the heck happens, but um. that was a thing but yeah i i loved getting on my rollerblades and it's cool that you um that uh that kind of provided a conduit for you to get into other things i I feel like that's kind of how it worked like when you were younger like you you found your interest and you did that interest with other people that had that interest and then all of a sudden you, you know you're making friends and you're trading like other hobbies and you're hear about other things that go on and this is how like you know before word spread on the internet like yeah. this is the the original like spreading of the word <laughs> yes. is is like in person oh for um, sure yeah word of mouth was huge back then cuz uh like so uh speaking of like just how things kind of spread like mm-hmm. my my best friend still to this day i met this kid in elementary school third oh. grade his name is jacob super awesome dude really talented at guitar mm-hmm. um we started to hang out just every single day and every single day he would bring me something new like a new cd or he would mention like a new anything like music or um like guitars, stuff like that. Sure. This kid introduced me to Slipknot <laughs> and then it just became a, a, a rabbit hole of like, that is what shaped my music interest. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's just like <laughs> that, it, it, that just brought me back to like, man, that's really how you learned about stuff. Just people would talk to you about it yeah. from like just randomly. Like, Oh dude, have you heard this new Slipknot song or new corn or new Deftones? And it's like, this is awesome <laughs> right yeah like god man i i kind of miss the new metal days like man. those those were the days like the late 90s early 2000s yep. just like all that going on in lincoln park like 100%. up on the the rise like those were those were some interesting times Ooh. very uh very amazing music oh that, yeah that was being released uh For i sure. yeah i i remember like the um like first experiencing slipknot i can't remember you know in what context or capacity it was but i was just like this is fucking weird but i kind of like it (laughs) yes it was scary dude like yeah 
their music was just angry and loud and fast. And then these dudes are just, you don't know who they are. And I think that was the scariest part. Yeah. Like, yeah, they all just for the longest time, uh, just all wore masks and and, jumpsuits. Yeah. and, (laughs) and, And like, there's like the the actual band members that play your traditional instruments, and then yes. you have like five dudes beating the shit out of out like of out of trash cans. <laughs> yeah, yes, bro. yeah, it just and that's why that band was so great, or is so great. Is like they, you know, uh, they they just took the the genre of like heavy metal and new metal, and just were like, let's just do something really weird and you know something that we've never like that no one's ever heard before let's you know what do we what do we got outside the studio a trash can bring that in let's fuck it up yeah Yeah, let's let's take like a big old mallet and beat the crap out of this like metal tin (laughs) off the trash can that has to sound cool right (laughs) right um and and then that's how we got slipknot yes so yeah that's how a slipknot is born (laughs) kids if you didn't know that um cool so um i guess in turn we kind of answer the next question to um about uh who, if there was someone responsible uh or people responsible for kind of ushering you into the nerd world so you mentioned um you know your buddy from third grade mm-hmm. um uh, jacob you said yeah. their name was yeah. cool um what, was there anyone else like um uh if you want to name names that's cool you can throw some shout outs uh, <laughs> If, if you want to get them to listen later on um, or not, doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely sharing this for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, that was really um, after after like Jacob brought me into music. Um, my my skateboarding buddies brought me into the anime. Gotcha. And then from that, um, that's when the Internet really started to take off. And then I just kind of dived into things myself you know what mm-hmm. i mean like um i just had that light introduction had to get that sweet taste and then from there it was just like well i'm hooked what do you do now <laughs> you got to find out more so it's just kind of been like an ongoing thing since 10 that i've just been like um reading comics uh watching anime finding you know the new things that i'm interested in that still reminds me of the old times you know what i mean Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of comics, um, I, I want to ask you first, because I have a um, an interest. I don't know if it's an interesting story, but it, it's like my first comic book story. So I wanted first to ask you if if you remember by chance the first comic book that you ever either read or picked up on your own. Um, yeah, do, yeah. Do you remember? I do, actually. So... <clears throat> My first comic didn't hit me until I was about, I want to say 12. I want to okay. say 12. I was um, at a, a it, it wasn't Barnes & Noble. There was another really popular bookstore back in the day, and I can't for the life of remember the name of it was it walden books um, yes okay. yes it was wow. walden books the first one <laughs> bro like and it's it's so wild because like i was i was gonna think it was a uh, books a million but it was okay. it was older than that and it's definitely not around anymore yeah like um, Wal- walden books i remember was the big one like they had some outlet stores but they were really big in the mall 
Yeah, hundred like, percent. That's yeah, where saw, I found it. Yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah. Uh, this was in Virginia. I was in the mall. My mom's like, "Hey, you want to just check out this bookstore?" Sure. I don't really like books, but whatever. There might be something cool in here. Right. And I remember going, and I was seeing. Um, oh man, I wish I remembered the the issue. It was a um, it was an X Men comic. Okay. And what caught my eye was it was super vibrant. And on the cover, it was um, Wolverine and Bishop and someone else, but they were like beating someone else up. And I, uh, X Men Prime. Uh, X Men Prime. X Men Prime. It was July, all new X Men. Um, that That is what caught my attention. It okay. just looked so vicious, you know what I mean? And I right. Like, okay, this got to be cool. Man. Yeah, I. <clears throat> um, yeah, X-Men is one that like I I haven't started to get into yet because it, it's another intimidation factor oh, so thing much. like yeah, like I mean most most comic book characters that you know, we're all familiar familiar with, they go back decades. Decades, bro. yeah, decades. to to the to the 70s to the 60s like you know, a long time and X-Men is no exception. Um, and, you know, and it's always been like this amazing metaphor for like, uh, you know, like being an outcast, being left out, um, racial oppression, um, you know, civil rights. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that's in a, in, in a way it's kind of like, uh, serendipitous that that was like your first one to pick up. I never thought about it that way, but yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of trippy yeah. to experience like, oh man, these mutants are getting treated like shit. Mm-hmm. I've been treated like shit before. Wow, <laughs> I super relate. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. wild. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, I don't I don't know how long you've been living in the the Middle Tennessee area, but I so I grew up in the Mount Juliet area, okay. and uh, there was this little mom and pop video store, video rental store, um, that was an alternative to Blockbuster uh, called uh, Mount Juliet, uh, like Family Video. I, th- I think there's just what it was called, you know, plain and simple. <laughs> sure. And in addition to like renting, you know, movies and stuff, like they also had like awesome stuff you could buy. Like they they sold movie posters. You could rent consoles. Like for the first two years that the n64 was out me and my brother could only rent the n64 like we probably paid for the n64 (laughs) three times over with the amount of money that we spent renting renting it it, yep um (laughs) but you know in little increments that that's all we had was you know the money to rent it and uh and then finally one year we we were able to get it for christmas but um anyways that place also sold comics and um i had a buddy sleep over one uh, one friday night and my mom was like let's go rent some movies so we went and um you know we picked a couple things out my mom was still looking so uh my buddy was like like i wasn't super into comics and my buddy was and he was like oh man they got comics here let's go look and i was like all right and so right so like he's looking and i'm like i you know i might as well like look through like maybe there's something in this comic book world that i'm missing and like you know they say don't judge a book by its cover well i picked like the first one that i found that i thought had badass artwork 
<clears throat> and it was Spawn, like an issue yes, of Spawn. Dude. And I, like since then, I haven't really read a whole lot of Spawn. It's it, it's on my to read list on my short sure. list, but it was um it was just very uh I don't know very interesting to look back and and know that like out of all the characters like it was it was spawn that Fine. that that kind of like and it was hilarious because my friend picked up a batman comic and i i fucking love batman you know yes. so nothing against batman but like he wanted to trade me like after we got home like he looked at mine and he was like <laughs> dude do you want to trade and he was like you, like you know that's the thing right like you trade comic books yeah. and i was like is this like a to keep thing? Or he's like, oh, we'll, <laughs> right. figure, we'll figure it out. And I was like, fuck you. Give me my comic book. <laughs> I like this. This is badass, dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, um, that, that was kind of like my, my first foray into comics. And then I took like a, like a Jesus leap year, like, you know, like yeah. from 15 to like 33, that was my time off from comic Absolutely. books. Absolutely. And then I, then like, I, I was like, you know what? Let's dive back into comics. And I just, I went, hardcore and so i'm kind of back into it now so that's awesome though man yeah for sure so uh but th this isn't about me uh, as much <laughs> as i try and uh like loop things back around to make it relatable um so uh as of right now um do uh, who are some of your uh current favorite uh black characters in film video games uh comics and novels so i'm gonna rattle off a list here yeah do it it's gonna be so so <laughs> <laughs> okay so first i'm gonna start off with the love of my life okay overwatch i play overwatch every single day i All think right. i have a problem maybe <laughs> addicted but overwatch is such a great game because it is so multi multiculturally diverse mm -hmm. uh, i i almost think like well, I, I know there's there's about four black characters on there that are just yeah. phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm a Lucio main, and um, if you don't know who Lucio is, you'll you'll go you'll Google him, and you'll see the terrible things that he does. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't even play Overwatch, <laughs> but I know this guy, and I, I I know the reason why you know I know this guy. <laughs> I didn't. Yes. I was. I was only familiar with Diva because everyone knows who Diva is. Um, but yeah, like I, I didn't know him, and you were like, "Well, you should." And you should. I, I was like, well, "How about I make a fucking Tumblr?" <laughs> yes, and so. I'm so glad you. I still love it to this day. I yeah. use it every single day. Thank excellent. you. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. <laughs> but um, so Lucio, he is a Brazilian, which is also kind of funny because my fiance is also brazilian okay um but i was way into him before i met her so gotcha <laughs> but um just coincidence absolutely absolutely but sure um there's lucio and then there's baptiste he's another character from that that game and okay he is um phenomenal as well um but outside of that i have really been into static shock lately like okay. um so i don't know if you know, but um, DC has an imprint called Milestone, um, and they are the holders of like uh, Static, uh, Static Shock, um, um, Rocket, and Icon, 
um and and a few other characters okay. like the the world that they build in in the comics and then it kind of spills over into DC too like you you'll have like some crossovers um because DC um own the like because they own the imprint they they pull from it sometimes right so um like the static shock will show up when justice league does something sometimes or um rocket and icon will show up in like um shows like like young justice i i remember okay. recently that that uh rocket was in in that one um so static has been a huge huge uh part of my life since i found him like way back in the day um so i've just right been on. a huge static fan and then um, lately, I have really gotten into um, John Stewart's story uh, as the Green Lantern. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he to me, I'm gonna say he's the best Green Lantern. Right. And it's only because of the recent events that have happened. So if you're not following, I don't want to give anything away. But he is extremely powerful. Okay. Extremely. Is he is he part of the New 52 or is he before that? Or is he a different iteration from uh, away from the New 52? So he is a part of the New 52. Okay. But like he's also spinning into like its own thing. Gotcha. Too. Okay. Um. So it's it's really interesting to see how his story has shaped up until this point. Okay. Um, like, man, he he is a phenomenal character. Like this from his backstory to the fights that he's been in to like his personal struggles. He's just a well-written all around character to me, to me. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, uh, I will after this, um, I will definitely have you recommend me a starting point because sure. I've been wanting to start uh, reading some more uh, characters that I, I haven't uh, like characters that have either been recommended to me or that I know of and just haven't gotten around to it. And <clears throat> Green Lantern is definitely one. And I find it interesting because like, I know that there's like different iterations, like there's, you know, white, black, um, yeah. and, and yellow. Yeah. And, and so I, I thought, it's so the, great. Right. Yeah. And I thought it like that was so fascinating. Um, but just like any other comic uh, run like or character, it can be unless like you live and breathe comics, it can be very intimidating to Absolutely. figure out where to start. And I just actually um, a couple weeks ago, I signed up for the DC Infinite um, subscription. Yeah. Uh, so you, I have access to like basically everything. It's, it's sure. astronomical. Um, there's so much content on there it's a ridiculous amount it's like i forget how many title it's like i think it's over like seventeen thousand like issues are available on there it's It's gotta be yeah it's ridiculous yeah it's it's crazy marvel's Um, is that way too marvel unlimited Mm -hmm. wild yeah i had a comiXology for a while and i like that because you you kind of have like your your hand in everything like they you know they have marvel dc image dark yes. horse i think and yep. so i was able to read a little bit of everything but they um it, it was about 50 50 like anytime i'd find something I, that i want to read i'd look it up on comiXology and 
like sometimes they would have it sometimes yep. you know you either there. have to like purchase it or um it, it just it wouldn't be available on their platform so yeah um i uh but I'm a, I don't know how you are. Do you do mostly digital or do you f- do physical copies as well? Because I love physical, like especially if it's a volume or an sure. omnibus. I would do physical more. I just don't have the space for it, man. I get it. I get <laughs> so it. So I have to do everything on the tablet or the computer or the phone. Mm. But if I, once we move to a bigger space, I definitely want to get back into it. I had oh, yeah. a nice little collection um but that's kind of stored at my mom's place now just because like we're in a kind of like a small apartment so it's right on uh, we had to be smart about what we have oh yeah we uh (laughs) i've been there before um tiny apartments it's uh yeah you got really got to pick your battles in terms of like what you want to collect um yeah either that or delegate some money to some storage uh storage uh space (laughs) to keep it there so yeah. Um, awesome. Well, that's cool. Uh, so, um, let's see. Uh, so interests, uh, as far as, um, shifting from your childhood to teens to adults, um, have there been any like longstanding nerd culture properties or characters of color that have stuck out with you like since an early age, like ones that like you know you discovered as a kid and you like still love the same if not more now um uh, you know and, and this you know ranges from any anything from comics to video games to regular books to movies and tv you know anything like yeah. that yeah so i will say that <laughs> so i won't say like so i'm in a couple of blur groups on facebook and okay. I'll, 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 uh uh a topic that comes up a lot is whether some of the Ninja Turtles are black. Mm, <laughs> Just from how some of them act, some how some of them talk and things like that. Right. So I will say that from an early age, Ninja Turtles has been like a constant in my life. Um, from, I had like a very small book. Uh, it was like one of those, um, you know, those baby books that are kind of like made of uh, like, um, it's not wood, but it feels it's like, like cardboard. cardboard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom, she had um, my my dad made her get it like mm-hmm. a little like little Ninja Turtle book. And then that kind of grew into the Ninja Turtle game okay. uh, that came out. Uh, it was in arcades first mm-hmm. um, and then it got released later to like Nintendo and Sega. Right. And then I went from the game to the cartoons that came out in like the 90s, which to me are the best ones. Right. Won't lie, some of the newer ones are really good at, right. in storytelling, but I just there's always been a warm and fuzzy for, for the, the 90s version. The secret of the use, man. Yes, man. Does, doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. So um, I would say that Ninja Turtles has probably been like a constant factor over the years, um, as well as Spider-Man. Spider-Man was there early for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got really exciting when uh, Miles Morales got introduced. For sure. Like in, in 11, maybe? Mm-hmm. And so once they introduced his his version of Spider Man, it's like, oh man, yeah. this is great. And right. now it, it's it's a whole nother story, and we don't have to follow Peter Parker now because exactly we have Miles Morales, and he's dealing with different issues than Peter Parker had dealt yes. with. Yes, 
You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like interesting to to see that and see how that has grown mm-hmm. to to today. You know, like I cannot wait for the second. Ah, uh, oh. oh, dude, the, the Into I'm the so Spider Verse. Yes, dude. Oh. Like so. First of all, that movie is fucking incredible. Incredible. Um, like it is literally unmatched. Like all the the live action Spider Man movies, they're all great. But sure. Into the Spider Verse is just it, it's on a whole other level uh, it really on its is, own. Dude. Um, we did uh for a while. I mean, one of my older co hosts, um, he uh he came over and we were doing uh, the series of watch alongs where it's kind of like director commentary uh where like you could sync up the episode with the movie that we were watching and kind of listen to us as like reject commentators (laughs) yeah yeah and then um into the spider-verse was one that we were done and like by the time we were done we were just like sweaty pits and like just we were out of breath because like we were talking the whole time, like just so look at this good. part. Look at this part. This part. <laughs> oh my God. This part, the animation, the colors, it's Dude, so vibrant. The oh! music. Oh I know. God, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when the, uh, the, the trailer for the new one hit, I was like, I am so captivated. right Oh now. my God. I was so like, my heart just would not stop beating. Right. A million miles a second because yeah. i was like oh i've been waiting for this so long dude right oh i cannot wait bro yeah um yeah miles is a good one uh you know you got the comics you got the games and it's it's even better because it's a little more accessible than spider-man yes. like there are later iterations of spider-man that you can get into where you don't have to go back to 1960 in Absolutely. order to understand what's going on right um but miles like he really didn't get his first run until like 2012. So yeah, he's really yeah. only been around for about a decade or so. And uh, so that kind of adds to the accessibility of him. Like, that's why I really like him. And he's kind of like, I don't want to like cheapen this in any way, but like a double whammy. Cause he's what I, I think he's Puerto Rican, half Puerto yeah. Rican and black. Yes. So there's like a, a, a double, double representation there, which is really cool. Absolutely. Um, and like you said, he's similar to Spider-Man, but he has a lot more to bring to the table um, for, with differences. Like, you know, he's very smart and resourceful, but right. at the same time, like he, uh, you know, both him and Spider-Man, they're they're in poor parts of Manhattan. But Absolutely. like Spider-Man, he's got like, I don't know, like, first of all, he's white. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll just. He has <laughs> resources that, that Miles didn't. right have access to yeah um and so the way that they have to go about like you know being smart and you know utilizing their powers and their their brain capacity is just um it's different so it's not just like oh a different version of spider-man like it's it's a legit like new take on a wall crawler yeah yes 100 percent. yeah it's it's great did did you play the the um spider-man game on the ps4 i i have not yet but i haven't yet either but i've watched a lot of the gameplay okay um from like when Spider-Man first came out and then when they introduced the Miles Morales um um DLC right i was like all right and then they i it felt weird to me cuz i it, it i felt like it was like an update but then it became its own game mhm so <laughs> yeah um no i i really liked how they uh like i didn't 
I didn't read uh, like I did play the the Spider Man PS4 game, uh, but I didn't really read up about it. I just kind of played and just as events in the storyline happened, um, I was like, oh okay, well this is happen happening now. Like so, yeah, there was no spoilers. So then mile shows up and i was like oh, it's miles it's like i was so excited that like you got to play as miles for a little bit it was it was really cool um and the only reason why i haven't gotten the miles game yet is because so many people said to wait until you get a ps5 before you play it because just the haptic feedback on the triggers yeah. um, is just like so much more engaging and like rewarding um as, as a you know a gaming experience so eventually I heard about that yeah I'm, I'm more of an xbox guy myself but. i got you i, I feel <laughs> you i'm i'm not one of those like weirdos that's like mm, playstation forever <laughs> right whatever. like i just have always kind of gravitated more towards um playstation um probably for like the exclusive titles but right um whatever <laughs> um <laughs> so um Okay, so we we talked about uh, um, you know longstanding uh, characters. Uh, do um, are there anything uh, any characters or facets that you enjoy now that maybe you didn't know uh, or appreciate when you were younger? Um, I would say there is. So. Um... I have really been going into like uh, independent artists, um, okay, and and really trying to help support um, more of that avenue. So um, there are there's one really big uh, comic uh, series that I've really been enjoying right now called Black Sands. Okay. Um. It and that's kind of like just it's it's a new thing in general, um. But it it is a phenomenal story and and, and it depicts, uh, black people in in such a a great way. You know. What okay. I mean? Like like it's it's not a story, like that that is just. You can tell when a story is written by somebody about black people Mm -hmm. versus a story that's written by black people for black people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And that is just one of the ones that I've been super heavy on lately. And I think it's cool. um, I don't remember a while ago, I believe they were on, um, uh, what's that? Uh, uh, Shark Tank. Okay. Shark Tank. Right. Um, trying to get uh, they they want to do like a whole thing like cartoons and movies and things like that. So it's it's really interesting to see them kind of grow and and kind of be with them from the start. Like like I said, they started uh, uh, maybe like right before the pandemic happens when I really started two thousand eighteen ish. Okay, is when I uh, first found them, and then um, and what's their name again? Black Sands. Black Sands. Okay. Mm-hmm. And is it is that kind of like what uh, like you would call DC or Marvel or Image? Like is so, that kind of the equivalent? Kind of. It's it's a it's a independent content maker. Um, okay. Dude, uh, his name is Tyler Martin. Okay. Um, and he created this. Uh, it, it started just as a as a, a story or a, a comic book. Um, 
and it's really its own thing. You okay. Know what I mean, so it's uh, it's been real interesting to to see on that. So it's not an imprint on DC or Marvel or Dark Horse or anything. It's just it's Black Sands Entertainment, and they released. Oh, uh, I I got gotcha. you. Okay, that's cool. I'll, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. Uh, I um, <clears throat> I mean, you know, and uh, you know, I, I I probably some of our listeners know we went to. Uh, the uh, Connuga in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, yeah. this past weekend, and I uh, I walked around. I always try and hit a little bit of everything, um, you know, and get to know some people. <clears throat> and I I ran into this guy who like he was. I felt so bad for him because like he didn't have any any help. Like it's always good to have like a second person if you have to use the restroom. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But he didn't have anyone there. Um, but. Uh, I went to go talk to him. His name's Corey Marshall, and he is uh, he's a, a author and writer of um, a series of comics. Um, and he he's black, and he the one that I picked up is called the Gospel Burger, and oh. it is uh, like it's just a one off. Um, it, it's part of an anthology series. I, I think it's called like the uh, oh shit, I I totally for, forgot the name of it. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, the, the gospel burger is the, the, the name of this particular issue okay. and it is, it is hilarious and dark and twisted and like, like it's like black horror basically. Oh. Like, like that's what it is. And it's, yeah. it's, it's about a, um, like a priest who's having a, a hard time bringing, people to his church and his congregation, just trying to build up like just trying to get butts in seats. Mm-hmm. And he starts to build a gospel around the, the burger. Like he calls it the burger, <laughs> but like he just, like you see a picture of like him starting to uh, serve burgers at <laughs> oh, <laughs> like his man. church services. That's awesome. And it, and it takes like a couple twists that I just, I did not see coming. Uh, it, it is, it's fantastic. So, um, yeah, dude. big shout out to Corey. Um, he's a great dude. Um, I'm definitely going to check that out. But for yeah. Sure. Um, and, uh, for, for you and anyone else that's listening, uh, it is available in both print and, uh, like a downloadable PDF. Um, if you just go to, uh, the website, all, um, once I remember the name, I will <laughs> drop it in the, sh- in the show notes so that Perfect, you can actually man. go visit it. So, um, okay, cool. So, uh, let's see kind of the opposite of that question. Um, has there anything, uh, has there been anything that like you kind of enjoyed as a kid that, uh, has since been like, that has since like fallen by the wayside or just you kind of lost interest in for whatever reason. Um, I mean, I, I, it felt kind of weird writing this question down, but I was like, why not do like the reverse? Of- reverse yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, honestly, man, uh, Dragon Ball, like okay. the Dragon Ball series, dude, like I was heavy on it, um, like in my former years. And sure. now, um, you know, like I've watched all of Dragon Ball Z, like the whole saga. Wow. I'm there. That's impressive. But then they released Dragon Ball Super, mm-hmm. and I've tried to get into it. I've tried so many times, but it's just it's just not catching my attention. There's just All so right. many things that have, have been added and, and things like that. So it's just like, mm, I, I'm just, and, and 
it's not because of Dragon Ball Super, but it's just I just have I feel like I've lost my taste for it. You know, like I got I just you. Haven't really been into Dragon Ball anything. Like, and they released a a, a couple of new games in the past couple of years, and it's just like, man, I don't even I don't even want to try it. It, it doesn't <laughs> even pique my interest anymore. Yeah, it's it's weird how stuff like that happens and um it, it's weird the the feeling that you get that you're like like you come to terms with it like you're okay with it with like letting it go but like that feeling in itself is very weird like being okay with like not being into something that used to hold your attention so well like yes. years ago um there's i mean i can't really think of anything off the top of my head that kind of is like that for me um I, I guess like guitar would be it like when i was younger like i think i picked up guitar for the first time like i was like 13 or 14 maybe and because i had no friends and nothing else going on um i just i played guitar like i would like just get on like a guitar tab website yep, and print here. off <laughs> yeah and just print off every single blink 182 uh guitar tab that i could find i had like a just like a whole ream of paper full yes. of guitar tabs in my room and Dude. i would just like <laughs> as soon as i got home from school like i would just i would practice and um i didn't even get like great like i i just like power chord city like That's i just it. learned like all the power chords <laughs> that was good enough for me. Like I, I didn't really want to learn how to like shred or like learn scales or anything like that. Like, I mean, nothing against that. Like I kind of wish I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like maybe if I did, like maybe guitar would have been a more constant in my life. Sure. But um, yeah, that, that's one thing that I just, I, uh, I wish I had more time for uh, now, but you know, between everything else, like, you know how it is just being an adult (laughs) work and kids and yeah like things exactly (laughs) like time is just as much of a currency as currency absolutely 100 percent. i was the same way too man like i remember my mom got me my first guitar it was like my 15th uh 15th christmas okay and um because of jacob i knew um of uh, what is it? ultimateguitar.com yeah and so i would be on there and the first day i got my guitar plugged in the little shitty amp <laughs> and i learned my own summer by deftones i spent the whole day like i literally opened it it, it was like eight o'clock in the morning and it was like eight o'clock at night and i finally had down the most simplest guitar riff in <laughs> history <laughs> amen <laughs> But I was so, I felt so accomplished. I felt like I did something because like, oh man, I know how to play this song and it sounds like it. Yeah. Like that's, (laughs) I mean, there's so many things in life that are just like that, but music is, is way up there uh, in terms of like the satisfaction you get. Like it doesn't matter how quickly, uh, like how much more quicker that, you know, your buddies can catch on to, you know, playing something or, you know, making you feel like <laughs> you're stupid or like you're a slow learner. Like once you master like a riff or like e- even just be able to play it like, like that, uh, that yeah. perseverance of just sitting down and in a 12 hour period being like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to learn this thing right now. Yes. And, and like, you know, 
getting it down by the end of the day that's you know that's dedication and there's a lot of satisfaction that comes from that especially with um with musical instruments oh yeah dude like it was it was like it was so hard because like i could read it but i wasn't reading it properly yeah and so it was so off for like the first three hours (laughs) what is wrong with this it doesn't sound anything like it and then i started to formulate it and and then i found a different tab that kind of explained mm. it better. Right. And then it was like, okay, now I'm on it. And now it takes me six hours just to get the timing right and how to get up to speed and things like that. So for sure. Yeah. yeah I actually, <laughs> a, a couple years ago, I, um, I downloaded the ultimate guitar tabs app on my phone. Yep. And cause I, I, I was like, you know, maybe if I just like, I put it on my phone, like I'll, I'll be able to like, you know, bring my acoustic outside and play and like look up tabs and stuff and enjoy the weather. And like, maybe all this will like just kind of fuse into, uh, you know, a new evolution of my guitar playing. And it didn't, but nope. like, I, I, like I still have the, the subscription that renews every year. That's like 12 or 15 bucks. And it's like the ultimate guitar, like pro account yep. where you get like the, the pro versions of tabs yeah, and they play it for you right you slow it down mm-hmm. dude i got lucky they had like some massive like christmas uh sale or something okay so i bought it and it was a lifetime membership oh wow so like i bought this thing like years ago and i still hop on every now and then just to check and i still have access to everything wow and I have not paid for it since <laughs> that is so awesome man yeah uh yeah it's it's great when you can catch things like that especially like a a lifetime membership that's oh yeah few and far between for sure speaking of music man actually like i remember so um kind of going back so uh i have lived in tennessee like three times now okay um i used to live in clarksville when i um was in college okay um so uh, I don't know if you have heard of a band, but there's this, there used to be a band called Vanna, V-A-N-N-A. Sounds familiar. Uh, they're a post-hardcore band, okay. super popular in like 07, 08. Um, they used to have a black drummer. Okay. So they did some like rinky-dink tour from like, they're from Boston. Okay. Um, so they came through Clarksville of all towns, right? Like, <laughs> And it was wild because um, where they played, it was just like, it was like kind of like a small building that had a basement in it. Uh, It was like a small store, like, like very small. I'm talking like less than 400 square feet. And then they somehow had a basement and they would let bands come and play there. And these are like back in the day where you could do like $2 shows, right? (laughs) Right. And so Vanna came through. And I was so stoked because I I was like a huge fan of them. And it was a bunch of other bands, but I I can't remember their names. Right. But Vanna was who I was there for anyways. Dude, you're talking about packing maybe like 70, 80 kids in like a 30 30, uh, person limit space. Mm -hmm. And dude, they ripped that place apart. It was the best show uh that i've been to in in such a long time because i also used to live in kentucky mm-hmm. and um i used to go to shows out there but like when vanna came out i remember talking to the drummer because like 
usually when I go to shows, I'm always like one of the only black people that have are are there, right? <laughs> it's it's gotten a lot Classic. better since then, yeah. but like back in those days, I would usually be like the only black dude. Mm-hmm. And so, like when I seen him out, I was like, "Oh, dude, another black dude! <laughs> this is awesome!" So we chopped it up for like half an hour before like Vanna played. Right on. Um, his name is Brandon, but like being into that kind of music as a person of color in that time, it was very different. It was a, it was mm-hmm. a different experience because like. I, I could relate to everybody on the music, right? Like, this is just great music. But then when you see another black dude or black chick or black anything, it's just like, whoa, like your your experiences outside of music start to really mesh together. Mm-hmm. And so like we were talking about like um, like skateboarding and, and more music and bands that he was into, bands that I was into. Um, and then like, we had a conversation about um, cops for some reason. Like I, I brought up a, a story about how, like when I was skateboarding, me and my friends, we were um, we were skateboarding in a, in a non not a, like a no solicitation, no skateboarding right. area, and so like it was me and then my friend Brandon. He's also a black guy, and then um, two other white guys that were skating with us. So uh, somebody called the cops. They they come up and me and Brandon, we just we sit down. The other dudes took off mm-hmm. and we're like, no, nah, we're not going to do that, dude. There's too much at risk here. We just want to go home. Sure. We're just skateboarding. You know, we, we were kids at that. I was 17 and Brandon was 18. Gotcha. So we go, um, we, we get arrested. We go, uh, we get to the police station and my uh, like the first thing I do is I call my mom. I'm like, mom. You won't believe this shit, but I'm arrested. And she's like, oh, my God, the one thing I tell you not to do, you do. I'm on my way. So, like, my mom, she comes, picks us up. I was lucky because I was 17. So, like, they were like, hey, man, just write us an essay on how you won't trespass. That's what it was. Uh, How you won't trespass anymore and you're good. And I was like, okay, cool. Brandon, on the other hand, he had to stay in like where they hold people like actually getting arrested. Right. Cause he wasn't a minor. Yes. And like, so we called his mom, his mom was like, no, nah, he needs to learn his lesson. Stay, oh. Let him stay in there. <laughs> he had a bail, dude. He had a bail of like $200 that she wouldn't pay. Wow. And I was like, dude, we can't leave him in there. Like, so my mom, she paid for his bail. Oh. And so, but he had to stay the night. Okay. So we had to pay the bail the next day. Um, so, so he had to stay the night. And when we went to go pick him up, I have never seen that dude cry before, but it was so crazy because he was like, that was such a scary experience. Like, like so many people were fighting, so many people were yelling. And I was like, dude, I am so sorry. Like, I'm sorry your mom didn't like vouch for you. Like, I'm glad we could. That's mm-hmm. just, it, it was wild because like that, after that story, after I told him that story, he told me a story about how he was arrested and things like that. And it was just like, connecting outside of music on a level like that is just it's it's surreal almost you know what i mean oh man so that was that was a wild time (laughs) yeah uh i mean that's that's a lot to unpack right there i i have no experiences of any kind to (laughs) that (laughs) could even potentially mirror uh that 
data of yours. So um, let's see where to start. Um, so yes, uh, music is a good. A that, great that was equalizer. a lie. Just, yeah, absolutely. no, no. I, I I'm like I'm trying to figure out where uh, exactly where to start. So like yes. Um, first of all, uh, when you started talking about the the venue it reminded me of the the meme from the office where it's daryl and michael standing in front of the little stage <laughs> yeah. and it's like hardcore kids be like this is my favorite venue yes. <laughs> i love that venue. yeah it's so good like every time it pops up like i'm uh, like i have to look at it and get a get a good chuckle in yes. um but yeah like you're right like it is um you know music is uh you know one one thing that really like helps pull people together in, in all circumstances, but especially uh, race is one thing that I never really thought about too much. Um, and what, why, why would I, because I'm a white dude with like infinite <laughs> chances that it have happens. been allotted to me. <laughs> uh, but like, I mean, that's like, that's so fucked up for like, a like minor trespassing and like skateboarding, like, like i mean unless you're just over there like smashing shit and being destructive like you know you're just i don't understand why like you can't just let someone off with like a warning be like all right well you know you kids you know Dude, go find I like know. a skate park or something like you know it's i don't know uh it was it, such a wild thing too because like they didn't even try to chase the two dudes that they saw right. running you know mm -hmm. but me and brandon we were we were both raised like bro if if you get like hemmed up by the cops at all just just don't run don't raise your voice don't make sudden movements be as calm and chill as you can and talk like clearly because like you don't know what could happen you mm -hmm. know and like when i was younger and my mom was telling me all of that i was like ah, oh, that'll never happen because I, I i hung out with a lot of white people because not a lot of black kids skated back then sure um so like me thinking i had the same privilege that they had that was a very rude awakening to, mm -hmm. to be like arrested and in the back of a cop car. And like, that was the, that's, that's been the only time in my life that I've ever had a negative interaction with police. Okay. So it's just like, it's wild to think like, man, like both of our, our parents tried to prepare us for that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we, we didn't think anything of it because it, we never had an encounter like that until it happened yeah right so it's just like man it's 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 crazy to 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 think of, on on how different that is right yeah for sure um well i mean it sucks that that happens but you know i i guess it's I, well it not i guess it is good that that's pretty much been your only negative run-in with you know law enforcement because you know i know it's you know, a, a constant thing for, for, you know, certain minorities just, you know, getting, uh, feeling like you're getting picked on. And it's unfortunately not really something that I can relate to. The only, only thing that I could ever really point to is this point in like, I think it was 2007, 2008. I had this beat up piece of shit car. Like I, you know, I, I think at one point in time I did a 360 on I-40 right past the Briley Parkway exit. Yeah. My my rear end smashed the uh the cement divider that divides 
you know, <laughs> this tr- like East and West traffic. Right. And I never repaired my cars because they were all shitty cars from the 90s. So, right. you know, as long as it's purely cosmetic, doesn't do any damage to like the frame or anything, car still drives fine. I didn't do anything. Um, and so you, I like you could spot my car from a mile away. Like, <laughs> you know, there's a million Toyota Corollas out there, but everyone in Mount Juliet knew mine. <laughs> and I swear one week, five nights out of seven days, I was pulled over. <laughs> that is wild. man. Yeah. Um, I think three of those nights was by the same police officer. Um, and it, it was, I think the reason why I was getting pulled over, um, for the most part was like a little bit of white. Like if you have like white, uh, the white bulb of your red brake light showing, showing. um, you, you, you know, that's no good. So, you know, they say to either get it fixed or like put like the red, like reflector tape over it or whatever. Yep. Um, and like on the last night, like he was walking up to my car. He didn't even get all the way to my, uh, all the way to my window. He's like, Oh yeah, I forgot it. This was you. My bad. Have a good night. <laughs> oh my God, dude. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you too. Cool. Thanks, I was man. like two blocks away from my house. Man. Uh, yeah, it was, um, but, uh, that's, you know, nothing like what, <laughs> what the, uh, you know, your average black citizen, um, has to go through in the, the, the quote unquote training by your parents. Like, you know, I, I got a version of that, but I got like the suburban white kid version, you know, mm-hmm. like not, not the version that, um, you know, that, uh, unfortunately, uh, other, other folks get. So, yeah, we just uh, gotta be diligent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, that's actually, you know, a, a decent segue into the, the second half of, uh, the episode, which is. Uh, still, you know, fun and and a little whimsical, but a little bit more serious. Um, we're gonna piggyback off the the themes of, you know, what what we've been talking about. Obviously, still staying on the topic of you know nerd and geek culture, but uh, focusing more on like the representation side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we can all agree that uh, representation um, it has and is always. Sorry, has always been (laughs) important, Uh, but, you know, despite representation of black culture dating all the way back to like the 60s and 70s, especially concerning film and comic books, it hasn't always been like fully embraced, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I I personally have noticed a trend over the last decade or so, um, maybe a little bit uh, longer that the movement has really picked up uh, steam, like, you know, just with the, the ingraining of like the MCU as part of like pop culture, instead of just like a niche group of people, like, you know, the, the nerds have inherited the earth, uh, so so to speak. (laughs) Um, so with that said, do, do you personally feel like significant steps have been made to ensure, more ethnicities, uh, especially black, um, are represented in nerd, geek, and pop culture? Yeah, uh, I, I think large steps have been made, uh, especially in the film film world, mm-hmm. um, where back in the day, um, 
black movies weren't really put out like that. They didn't get like large releases like, you know, their counterparts did. Right. Um, so we always had like, um, not ghetto movies, but it was, it was a lot of the same type of black movies that were put out mm-hmm. earlier, you know, like just, um, dealing with the struggle, dealing with, yeah. um, racism, dealing with, you know, so many things like that. And from, like you said, over the last decade, we have started to shift from dealing with or only seeing black trauma on in movies and TV mm-hmm. to more, more beautiful things like mm-hmm. more, more, uh, more like nerdy things like like more black characters in the Star Wars films and, yeah. and more black characters and more fantasy type things to where now we can start telling different kinds of stories where black people aren't always being in traumatic situations but we can see like okay they can there can be normal things that happen to to people of color as well so i i think we have come a long way i think there are still a very long way to go though Mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah it's i i feel like i mean everything is just a, a constant um process and evolution uh, to, you know, to, to get to the next step. Um, you know, it's, you know, like fashion, it's never over. Uh, but, uh, you know, you were saying like, um, you know, you, you have like certain things like, uh, like favorites. Do do you have like a favorite, um, favorite like director or actors or anything like that? Uh, people of color, um, like, and uh, like Jordan Peele, like he's, yes, he's probably oh like, my God. like he, he <laughs> might be like, like there's Mike Flanagan who is, you know, he's white. He, he's really white. Um, yeah. he's like me white. <laughs> um, but like Jordan Peele is probably like my second favorite, like contemporary horror director. Um, yes. and just all around like content creator. Cause like, I fucking love George, uh, like he and Peele. Like yeah, me some, too. Yeah, some of the, the funniest skits I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and then he segues into making horror movies. Horror movies, dude. And, oh, and they're so good. And some of the some of the best horror I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. Um, yeah, so so yeah, let's let's talk about some of that. Um Yeah. So I would say um I, I so I actually went to film school and I that's do have right. a, a degree in filmmaking. I have a bachelor's degree in um um, filmmaking and production. Mm. Um, so for me, it, it all started with Spike Lee. Okay. Like it, Do the Right Thing was such a huge breakthrough for the black community. And it, 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 it's still one of my favorite films to this day. So uh, I've always got to give a shout out to Spike Lee just because he he's really been the pioneer to really help um, more black uh, directors, artists, uh, actors to kind of break through into the mainstream. Sure. Um, I always have to say Ryan Coogler because Black Panther also has been just mm-hmm. a, a huge breaking point for us to 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 spread even more. Yeah. You know what I mean? So For sure. um, Ryan Coogler is is up there as well. And um, even even um, Fruitvale Station, I don't know if you've seen that. I don't think uh, so. That has Michael B. Jordan in it too. Okay. 
such a good film. You definitely should give it a watch because it's 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 uh fantastic. It's fantastic. Gotcha. So uh, just right off the bat, those two are definitely up there on uh, my favorite. And then I will say, um, as far as like acting wise, Denzel Washington has been such a supreme man. Like mm-hmm. first and foremost, color aside, like he is just a phenomenal person. Yeah. And just his his works from all of his acting to his directing films is just he is 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 just fantastic i just mm-hmm. love me some denzel washington yeah 100 <laughs> it, it, it doesn't get any better than than denzel like no, he really is just doesn't. like he's just he's so effing cool like he really is like you just see denzel and you're like my man <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah and then you do the you yeah, a little smile, dude. My man. <laughs> like I, I, I. My mission <sighs> is to collect all of the Denzel my man gifts. Yes, uh, and, and just stick them in a in a pocket and like just throw them out whenever I can. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's the only one I really use. Like anytime I see something I po- like remotely agree with, yeah, I'm using that meme. <laughs> that is such a good gift. Such right. a good gift. <laughs> uh yeah on on the flip side of that uh the, the uh the movie horrible bosses when J- yes. uh, the three of them walk into the the black bar <laughs> and jason sudeikis is like my man and, that's and one of the funniest parts i know the, like <laughs> it's such like an overlooked part but like the bartender what makes it funny is the bartender goes from like this slight smile to just this like <laughs> i fucking hate your guts <laughs> yeah Look, just like that he's like i'm sorry my heart it, it was in the right place and he's like well in two seconds it's going to be in the wrong place and he holds <laughs> up the bat yes yeah uh, classic that uh, classic moment yeah but uh yeah denzel i uh i always loved watching his movies um it, it's just like he he always has like that that presence of like um, like he's played such a vast array of characters um, and he plays them all so well. Like he's played cops, he's played criminals, um, you yes. know, just, just the whole spectrum. And he's good. Blind at, superhero. Exactly. <laughs> um, and he's good at all of it. Um, yes. So, yeah, that's that's another good one. Um, and, you know, you're spot on on with uh, Ryan Coogler. He did great with both Black Panther movies. Um, yeah. I was stoked that they uh they brought him back to do uh wakanda forever yes which was 100%. uh an experience um uh, i'm so glad i got to see it in theaters we don't get to see too many movies in theaters nowadays um yeah. just with scheduling but um yeah that was that was an amazing experience to to go Absolutely. see it and um but uh yeah um let's see um so room for improvement um do uh do you know or can you think of any instances or examples where um representation could be improved um or or where it's kind of lacking right now by chance um i would say that right now i think it's it's at a, a point like so I I talk about um, film and and 
things like that because I am a big movie watcher mm-hmm. and um, kind of like how I touched on it earlier how I how I said like we can start to focus on different storytelling for you know people of color and things like that sure so um, I think with with room for improvement I still think films are missing the mark so uh, Creed uh, the new Creed is coming out mm-hmm. and for me I, I feel like I've already seen this movie because it's gonna be the same storyline where two kids are out in the street one gets busted and then you know he takes the fall for the other one so the other one can have a great life sure. comes back they fight it out and then at the end you know who's gonna win right mm-hmm. so I I feel like with with movies like that they're it's great, you know. It's 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 for entertainment first and foremost, and people are going to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many different avenues that that we can start to really venture down. Like um, a big thing was uh, when the new uh, what was it, the spinoff for Lord of the Rings, I believe. Oh yeah, the, um, the Ring of Power. Ring of Power, yeah. right? Or Rings of um, Power? I, th- I think it's I, I think plural. It's, yeah, I wasn't really big on on the whole Lord of the Rings thing, but um, in my groups there were a lot of discussions on how um, a lot of people were still mad that black people were being represented in fantastical imagery like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I, I think mad that they were or weren't ma- were were like mm-hmm. there was a lot of of. Um, I won't say controversy, but it's just a lot of people talking in the groups that I'm in and they show a lot of, of um, people of lighter persuasion getting upset that certain characters were depicted as black. Um, gotcha. Can't re- ah, I, I, I wish I could remember the exact instance. But what, what was it a, a coming from the perspective of like this character in the books or from the lore? historically is white and they are making it black yes i think it was along those lines right um so i think like i mean lord of the rings is fucking like 500 years old like relax like not every single thing from the books needs to be adopted like 100 like with 100 accuracy like exactly Exactly. Yeah, like, so I think that's, oh, that's where I was going. The fandoms, right? I think mm-hmm. the fandoms oh, need yes, to be more, more inclusive or, or at least more <clears throat> open-minded to, mm-hmm. to allow more stories to be told yeah. for people of color. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I, I meant to chime in on this uh, when you were talking about this a, a few minutes ago, but you were talking about... Um, uh what's i'm gonna lose it again shit uh uh hold on um what was it i can't believe i just lost it again it was right there uh happens to be all the time you smoke too much pip Oh uh, man! <laughs> Don't get me started on that. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you are right about the fandoms. Like my my buddy Ted, he was my old co-host for the podcast, and every once in a while, like we'll be talking about something like that, and I'll be like, "Fandoms were a mistake." Like, mm-hmm. just because people can be so 
like insufferable like with you know whether it's you know like adapting something to be um 100 accurate to the source material uh and then pitching a fit when it's not like and and like you know i get that you know some people like some people truly aren't racist coming from that that perspective like they they want an accurate translation of yeah uh, of what that the race of that character and like i get that but like why not change it up like and change it up for the sake of changing things up like there's no harm in that and like we like we need that it's incredibly important um so yeah uh (laughs) some some people like star wars fans (laughs) are uh they're a special breed of people Uh, um i would agree there (laughs) there's plenty of great star wars fans a lot of them are idiots Uh, (laughs) like i like I talk to a lot of Star Wars fans um, enough to feel like I am the only person on earth that enjoyed the newest trilogy. Uh, like I will admit like everyone else, it's not perfect, yeah. but, um, and, and one of my main sticking points is John Boyega's character, Finn. Like mm-hmm. they, like he had so much potential. Um, Absolutely. And they just, they, you know, like, like he was lining up to be a Jedi uh, or some absolutely of, and like they just they they didn't go anywhere with it um so i'd really love to see like you know with all these um star wars properties like opening up onto disney plus mm-hmm. and just expanding the the universe both literally and figuratively um it's uh i, I think this is a great opportunity to like to to push it forward um in in the timeline and also metaphorically uh because like most of what we've gotten has been like retroactive you know Mm -hmm. like the mandalorian boba fett the clone wars rebels um you know that's all like nestled in between like the prequels and the original trilogy or you know in between the original trilogy and the the new uh trilogy so like having something that takes place after all that, I, I think would be really cool. And it would be. Yeah. And, and having like uh having Finn come back and Ray, like, oh, like I just I want all of them and Chewie in the like, you know, in the Millennium Falcon just riding around oh, and like doing space <laughs> stuff. Like that would be sick. Yeah. Like it, like something that's kind of like guardians of the galaxy meet star wars like oh man like that would be like so so much fun like yeah you know speaking on that like too like you mentioned how they dropped the ball with john boyega's character mm-hmm. like i feel like this they did the same thing with ray fisher in cyborg and justice league like oh yeah he could have had such a bigger role that that showed his importance because cyborg in the comics he is very important Mm-hmm. And he does a lot of things and he's very resourceful and he, he has, you know, the connection to the mother box and things like that. So it's just like it didn't play out the way that that it could have. It could have been so much better. You know For what I mean? sure. And there obviously there was like a lot of like 
things that were surrounding that film mm-hmm. production with the different directors and, right. and things like that. But it's just like, I still feel like that was just a, a missed opportunity. For sure. Huge. Did, uh, did you see uh, the, the Snyder cut by chance? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, so, I mean, this is just one dude's opinion. I thought Cyborg's character in the Snyder Cut was much better than the original. I, I thought he was much more fleshed out. Granted, I, I you know it wasn't perfect. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. Absolutely. Um, he still felt like the the least developed of the characters, maybe mm-hmm. next to the Flash. But yeah, um, I when I when I I actually I watched it twice and I not to brag or anything. I mean, it is like friggin' four hours long. It really so is, though. <laughs> I, you can kind of brag. I feel like for watching it twice. Twice, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I loved how he was able to expand on Cyborg um, a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I said, it it wasn't perfect, but uh, I thought that the inclusion of more of his backstory and you know and his dad and yeah, all that and the yeah. and the um the motivations for for him and his dad to like you know for just the whole storyline was great um, yeah so but like Absolutely. i said it's one dude's opinion i'm <laughs> i'm relatively easy to please so <laughs> same yeah so um okay so uh let's see so this is kind of like our, our last like main talking point and I kind of already touched on this a little bit, but like, let's talk about like what we can be doing like collectively to, to make sure that this, uh, the momentum of this representation train keeps like moving forward and picking up the appropriate amount of speed. Like earlier you were talking about like the importance of, and by the way, this is, actually what i forgot twice but but you were talking about the importance of portraying black stories that are not like wrapped up in you know like a like trauma and Mm -hmm. uh, like just the the traditional like trauma from being raised black like every Mm -hmm. like all the stories that we've seen a million times over the the lgbtq uh community has uh, this the same problem um and they're also just now getting to the point where like not everything is like broke back mountain where it's right. just tragedy the entire time um or not the entire time but like that's kind of like the the focal well, you know. point right right and um and so yeah i um i i feel like that is kind of an important you know thing to to kind of gain uh and, and keep the momentum um, I don't know. What, what do you think uh, that? And um, I was curious what else uh, you thought might be helpful. Yeah. I mean, um, definitely getting different stories out, but, but getting the support, right? So when Black Panther came out, it was huge. There mm-hmm. was like, you know, packed out theaters all across the nation, all yep. across the world. Um, just because it was, it was, a different story that people could relate to, you know, not just black people, but others as well. Mm-hmm. So, so we need to start finding ways to support smaller stories, smaller yes. things that are interesting, you know, um, not all the, you know, I, I'm not really hip on, on a lot of the newer actors. Um, but like, 
when there's a unique, interesting story, finding a way to amplify that onto a bigger arena so that the people who worked on it can continue to put out more stories. Mm -hmm. A lot of what I see happening now is, um, you know, something unique will come up and it just doesn't get the backing. So they have to scrap the project in total. You know what I mean? So um, I think when when uh, black directors and, and actors are doing, um, you know, indie films or smaller TV shows that aren't, um, you know, um, on on really popular things like like Netflix and stuff like that, finding avenues to to one, bring attention to it and then two amplifying that attention so that we can continue to get more content like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been trying to think on on how to do that myself. Uh, you know, every time I come across something new, I'll share it on Facebook, and um, that's that's the the beauty of of having social media. It's kind of yep. like having a, a a a blessing and a curse, right? Because like social media is great, but it's also terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with that said, like your social media game is on point. Like you are probably the most positive person I've ever encountered on social media. Like every day you got something like super nice to say. Like I am, ha- I'm over here like, like fucking the mail's late or, you know, some petty bullshit. And like, you're on here, like, it's an amazing day. I just, I gave someone a good massage and they're super happy. And now I'm happy. And I'm just like, like, what kind of life am I fucking living over here? <laughs> like this dude, he's just, you know, living his best life. And I'm just stewing in my, my sadness. Um, so yeah, like you, you give life to the social uh, social media community, good sir. <laughs> Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. I, and I try because I see so much of that. Like, my timeline is filled with people just pissed off or, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, bitches don't, you know, whatever the case <laughs> may be. And I'm like, bro, I, that just, that can't be healthy and it can't be happy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, if you're constantly putting out how people are doing you wrong or people are, are, shitty or you know you you have to start to then think on like well damn is it really people or is it me yeah (laughs) right right yeah i i've gotten to the point where like like i i try and stop myself if i find myself endlessly scrolling like really the only two opportunities that i allow myself to scroll a little bit is one like kind of in the morning, although this probably isn't a good thing, like first thing in the morning, like getting on your phone, like I'll, you know, I'll like check my notifications and stuff like that. And I'll scroll for a few minutes before I finally motivate myself to get out of bed. Um, And then on the toilet, Um, (laughs) any other time, if I find myself scrolling, I'm like, like I say to myself, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. (laughs) And like, Cause like I, I'm in a lot of crafting groups uh, and a lot of these people, it's like all they do is like get on there and like complain about like just random stuff. And I'm like, you should be crafting right now. Like you could be crafting and making beautiful arts instead of like complaining about nonsense. Um, And, uh, and so, yeah, I I know, sorry. I know that's uh, I told you tangents, (laughs) (laughs) this podcast goes on tangents and that's okay. Uh, yeah, we, we kind of, you kind of have to roll with it, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, there's a couple questions that I, that came to mind when you were talking about, like trying to get something going and 
or, or find some things in terms of what you're talking about, like, uh, like news, like making sure people are tuned in to not, not just the big guys, but the little guys putting out content. Um, do you, uh, do you know of any like, like black subreddits that are like, that are kind of tuned into like, like independent publishers and writers and maybe comic book artists or, or, or any other like websites, like, I don't know. Honestly, dude, like I, I, <laughs> so I am a new Twitter bird. Like okay. I've, I've recently gotten super heavy into Twitter. Sure. And so um, that's typically how things have starting to reach me now. Like, okay. I don't know what it is about Twitter, but like I'll follow um, like uh, hashtag black people, uh, hashtag, hashtag uh, black Twitter. Okay. And then like hashtag um, um, like black superheroes. Okay. And like things just start to populate and it's just, hmm. it's, that's usually how I start to get like the latest and greatest in the black community when it comes to like creative things. Okay. And then like, um, the, the black groups that I'm in and in, in Facebook. So like, um, I'm in, uh, a, a group called the blurs, like blurred family, things like that. Okay. Um, and usually that's where I'll get like most of my information too. Sure. But Twitter, Twitter is, has been just a fantastic experience. It's so different than Facebook because you have oh, yeah. so like limited, you're limited to 250 characters. Mm-hmm. So you have to get your, what your message first and then the hashtags that people can see. Right. right. So it's just been like, that's been a, a an enjoyable experience so far so like that's usually how i'm getting um my information and that's how i think people can like amplify just by like following things on twitter because it's it's great yeah that that might be the only first and only time i've ever heard someone say twitter is great (laughs) (laughs) like usually like i said i'm new i'm new so yeah that might change here in the next you know three months but like i've literally recently just started and it's been an enjoyable experience so far yeah that's cool (laughs) i've heard like black twitter is a wild place like it's (laughs) like it's like it's so different than like the rest of twitter like the rest of twitter is just like angry people like in tall black socks on their front lawn like throwing their fist at the sky um and black twitter is just like the wild west where it really is dude like it's it's positive Mm -hmm. it's negative yeah it's influential it's like it's motivational you can find anything in black twitter bro Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome i I, you know i've been using twitter for you know i I think i really got uh quote-unquote serious with it whenever i started the podcast because i wanted to be on like the big three, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, but really like I very rarely get on Twitter and scroll. Like I, I do the, the post and ghost thing yep. where I just, I, <laughs> I post, you know, like, Hey, new episode. And, uh, and then I do not That's like, <laughs> unless like someone mentions me or like likes my stuff or leaves a comment, like I don't really get on there too much, but that's, that's so great that you've had like an overall, like really good and positive experience with it especially in terms of um you know finding other like black content creators um 100%. W- which is you know super important and like you know we're we're living in a day and age where 
you know, we, we can't really afford to turn our noses up at where we come across someone like it's, it, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, nope. you know, uh, whether we find someone through, you know, the, <clears throat> the, the independence or through black Twitter, like it's all gravy. Like a, a, as long as the content is good and it's not hurting anyone, then like, you know, there's room for all. And absolutely. And, and, yeah. And the more resources that we have, the better, like, as long as, you know, we keep on getting the little guy, you know, a boost up. It's like I said, you know, stopping by um, Corey's booth at uh, Con Nuga. Like, yeah, I was I was so excited to meet him. And like I I like rent went back to the hotel and like read the whole issue because I, I like wanted to go back to him the next day. And like, you like I read your book and <laughs> I, I was ready to be honest, like, you know, say like eh, it wasn't really for me, but like. It was, it was amazing. I was like, this is so awesome. Like as a horror fan. Um, so yeah, like, and I, I, you know, throw my hat in the ring in terms of, uh, you know, how to, to kind of, um, elevate black artists. Conventions is another one. Um, you know, you mentioned several times, like, uh, there's a, a weird, Weird thing about anime and the black community. I'm not sure what it is, but there is a lot of involvement from the black community when it comes to anime. I am not sure what it is. I'm not sure if I'm meant to understand it or if anyone's meant to understand it, (laughs) but it's all good because like, it's just one of those things that I've noticed and it's great because like, honestly, I, I, I was just so tired of like, going to concerts and conventions and stuff surrounded by the same people that look like me. I was like, mm-hmm. I want to talk to people that are different, that have different experiences than I do in different upbringings and childhoods and, and like get, di- get some different perspective. Cause yeah. like, you know, as cheesy as it sounds like it's what makes the world go round. And, um, that's how you learn, man. It, yeah, and it's exactly. the culture. Yeah. Black black people and anime, it's the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me personally, it's just like you find these stories of of I'm gonna I'm gonna use Attack on Titan. Um, okay. because that's that's a fairly popular one that's yeah. super in right now i know that so like yeah good (laughs) so like with attack on titan you just have this story of humanity versus this thing right and it shows everyone working together trying to overcome whatever this force is whatever this evil thing is and and that is um where black people for me myself it connect with anime because it shows that we can come together mm-hmm. we can come together as a people and overcome whatever it is that's opposing us you right. know what i mean and i think um for a, a lot of us it's just nice to to have that kind of um like those kinds of stories to to lean on and relate to and, and be like man you know what the world's not all that bad mm-hmm you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I know in, uh, I mean, th- this is a, a very popular, uh, storytelling technique among several different mediums, uh, but especially anime, uh, but the, the idea of your blood family versus your chosen family, 
Um, yep. and, and I know that comes into play a lot. Like, you know, the, the for, you know, whatever circumstances uh, they might be, you have, you know, your chosen family, which is the people that you have decided to call your blood. And, yep. uh, and I know that is a, um, an integral part of a lot of anime, um, in, in, you know, some way or another. And I know that resonates a lot with, you know, several different cultures, um, uh, different races, but especially, you know, minorities in the black community. Um, so that's, I mean, that, yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense, um, that, that you kind of put it in that perspective. Um, so for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's, definitely the closest that it's ever made to uh, to to making sense for me not like it, it just needed to make sense it was just something that you know an observation that i was like huh like is kind of interesting absolutely um but uh yeah so is um is there anything that uh that we haven't touched on that um that you would like to a- any any notes or Oh, I do want to say I, I misspoken earlier. Okay. So the um, creator of Black Sands, it, it just hit me. His name is Manuel Godoy. Okay. So I just wanted to put that out there. That was gotcha. my mistake. Gotcha. <laughs> right um, But no, I mean, like, this this has been so fun, dude. Like, thank you so much for, like. For I, sure. It's, 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 it's nice to talk about geeky things because i don't really have a lot of people to talk about that with <laughs> so well, it's like <laughs> well you got someone new man <laughs> yes dude. yeah and i'm i'm, I'm uh, this has gotten me uh, that much more excited for the time whenever it may be where, where you and i Soon. finally come together do you, do you go to mtac uh, uh i haven't been in a while it's it, it's uh, coming back to the Sheraton uh, this year. Is it? Yeah, they okay. uh, they did it at the what was it the Holiday Inn uh, downtown, like the brand new one, um, mm-hmm. or was it the Holiday Inn or the the West Inn or something? I I don't know. Some you know swanky I went a hotel. Few years ago. Yeah, and um, they uh, I think they liked it downtown, but it was just it is too chaotic. Like mm-hmm. like having it at the Sheraton by the airport. Is just so much more accessible for, yeah. for everyone, um, except for the everyone that parks in like the satellite parking and has to walk up ho- uh, the uh, what wow. do I call it the um, hill from hell or yeah that's, a, that's a trek bro that's a yeah trek. it's it's a steep hill <laughs> um, but yeah dude um, so we uh, before we go we we got to do our closing segment which is our shit that doesn't suck where. We just make a uh, a recommendation of one or a few things that we have either read or uh, seen, listened to, watched, ingested in some form or fashion um, in media that we would like to recommend. It could be uh, black charged. It could be not. Um, if you want to be, you know, topical for the episode, so shit that doesn't suck. Sure. 
um, since you are the guest, uh, you um, you may go first. Um, so uh, I'm really big on music. Um, so I'm going to recommend a band that I've been listening to. They're a newer band. They're called the Dropout Kings. Okay. Um, I think I've heard of them. Really? Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. So uh, their lead singer is black and he is so dope. And they it, it kind of brings back that like kind of like new metal vibe. But okay. like it's more heavy. So it's like actual metal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, if you haven't listened to the Dropout Kings, listen to the Dropout Kings because they are sick, bro. Gotcha. Sick. Awesome. I, I, I'm always up for checking out new music. Um, I always get like I have a one of my good friends, Amanda um, or Frack. She's better known as that's her nickname. Um, she uh, she's my concert buddy. Uh, she goes to every single show with me. So if you ever run into me at a show, um, she is more than likely there with me. Yes, um, dude. but, uh, she is the exact opposite of me where it takes her like three years to get into something. Like we have an ongoing <laughs> joke about it, but like, I, I love checking out new music. So I will, I will definitely give them a listen. Um, I've kind of, I gave music like a, a, a brief pause. Like I've been, uh, doing a lot of audiobooks lately, but, okay, yeah. um, I guess that'll be half of my shit that doesn't suck. Um, I just just finished the stand. I um, last Is that Stephen King. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So um, last year was actually the first time I read any Stephen King. Um, excuse me. I started with it, and uh, I read. I kind of bounced around. I read that, which I know is like you know, um, that actually came out my birth year, nineteen eighty six. Um, and then I read like Gerald's game, which is a little bit later on, like in the nineties and then, um, a couple others, you know, kind of bouncing back and forth in the timeline and, uh, January hit. And I was like, all right, like I, I want a good like book goal. Like I want to, you know, I'm going to have to do audiobooks. It's best suited for, for me and my situation. Sure. But I just, I want to read more. And, uh, I was like, let's let's just like retroactively like start at the beginning and read all of King in, in chronological order. Um, now I, I won't be able to read all of his stuff in one year. Um, that, that's not really the goal. It, it's just to, you know, read more. Um, sure. but, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I just finished the stand. Um, that was really good. I, I kind of, I, I feel like that's, uh, well, I know for a fact that's where like Children of the Corn came from because mm-hmm. uh, there's like a, a, a referenced cornfield there in, I think, uh, I think Colorado, I believe. And I'm not sure if that's where Children of the Corn takes place. Uh, it, might, it might be in Maine, like 99% of the other <laughs> stories uh, in his, uh, in the King universe. But um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Um, now I'm reading or, uh, watching the, the series on Paramount plus. Um, but more importantly, I, I was telling you about this earlier and I posted on social media about, um, horror noir, uh, yes. a history of black horror. Um, this is a documentary on shutter, uh, the, uh, the horror, uh, streaming service. Everyone should have it. Um, especially if you are a horror fan because one it's cheap it's like eight bucks a month 
um, or like 50 for the whole year. It's very affordable. Um, and they have like so much content out there and they like, they're like Netflix where like a new movie hits like every Friday or like, uh, like every week there's something new. Not all of it is good. Uh, but a lot of it like that is not good is like kind of the, 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 the bad good or whatever, where like, it's so bad. It's great. Velocipaster, uh, dude. Yes. Pastor. I, yes. I, I, I haven't seen that one. I, I think that one is on Shutter. Um, but I did watch, uh, Chopping Mall lately, uh, <laughs> w- which is ridiculous. Like it, it's the robots that patrol the mall, and eh. oh, like these teenagers get uh, trapped inside, like after hours. Or not trapped. Like I think they, they like just sneak in. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, horror noir is uh, it's like a I, I think it's about 90 minutes and it is a uh, an amazing documentary. Uh, they, they have like black filmmakers, directors, uh, actors, um, any type of uh, person that could be involved in film um, uh, and all levels of popularity and notoriety are on there. Uh, and they kind of like pair them up, which is really cool um, to like discuss like certain aspects of like black film history, uh, especially as it pertains to horror. And it is super informative and educational. Like I, I didn't like, there was a lot that I knew, but didn't realize I knew. Um, But they like, when they got to um, night of the living dead, uh, like, the like one of the most quintessential horror movies of all time uh black and white right in the middle of like the civil rights era um you know late 50s and it, the central character is a black guy like an amazing super handsome black guy who like lives to you know spoiler alert, he he's the last guy to die um also, if you haven't seen Night of the Living Dead, I, I like, have. it's classic. Uh, yeah, I mean, classic. I was going to say, like, if you have uh, anyone that's listening, if you haven't seen it, like, you deserve to have it spoiled for you. <laughs> <laughs> By now, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but anyways, um, you know, to avoid getting on a, a long rant, um, it, it, just go check it out. Like, it, it's worth even if you just get shutter for the you know the seven day trial just to watch that and maybe a couple other things like it's worth it because it's a a fantastic super educational documentary um just about the history of black horror and jordan peele's in it he you know talks about um uh i don't even know if he talked about his movies i think he he was mostly analyzing other things too um so yeah um very very good so uh, but, uh, any, uh, anyways, um, DeAndre, you got anything else that, that we need to cover before we put a pretty little bow on this? Honestly, man, I, I can't think of anything, man. This has just been super fun. And yeah, again, I appreciate you having me on here, dude. Oh, 100%. Um, we, we've done two hours. We're looking at one hour <laughs> and 55 minutes. This is the longest, uh, I've gone in, uh, quite a while. Usually episodes cap out around, you know, 60, 70 minutes. So this was nice. a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and I think we covered some great ground here. You know, um, I, I hope you feel the same. Absolutely. 
Um, and uh, I 100% want to have you back on. Um, hopefully next time we can get you in in a physical capacity uh, so that we can hug each other and yes. uh, and bro down and you know share a couple beers or whatnot. So uh, For sure, man. But yeah, thank you. A thousand times over. Thank you so much for for coming on and helping me do this episode. It's it's been like I said a long time coming, so I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thank you. A- thank absolutely, you for sure. Uh, and listeners, uh, if you made it this far, thank you. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher uh, and Spotify. Or no, not Spotify. Crap, I forget. There's only like a select few <laughs> platforms where you can leave ratings and reviews. No, you can leave a star rating on Spotify. Um, I was like, yeah, I had a mental brain burp temporarily. Just ignore me. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, if you are listening to this episode uh, in February, uh, know that we are still running our Patreon subscription special where you can uh, if you subscribe to the uh, to either tier, the two dollar or five dollar, you get a free tumbler um, on top of all the other cool perks uh, that uh, that come included, like being included in our private group chat where we talk about upcoming episodes and toss out new ideas for episodes and all that fun stuff. So uh, yeah, definitely give that a a look, Shay. Um, but uh, I think that's going to do it. As always, be kind, stay geeky, and eat lots of cheesecake. Bye-bye. Nice. Bye. Bye.